Good morning. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fight the Find Your Soul show. This is Pip Coleman. And um, today we are continuing our conversation um, about finding your soul. And our next topic, <laughs> because it's August now, our topic is all about being a curious soul and we're going to be getting into that whole concept of creativity because when we're curious, then we start to get creative as well. So it's kind of curiosity slash creativity month, basically. And the wonderful thing about August is that we have five weeks, I think. One, two, three, four. I oh, know we don't, we only have four. <laughs> It's September that we have five weeks. Anyway, so we're going to talk for the next four lovely weeks about creativity and curiosity and how you can bring more creativity into your space, into your life, into your work, into your relationships, into your everything, your, your health. You can, you know, all of the things that you might like to... Um, spruce up and make a little bit more interesting we're going to talk about that but today we're going to be talking about curiosity in terms of first of all you know if you want to get more creative then you need to do a few different things to shift your perspective a little bit so one of the things that a lot of people say when you ask them about creativity is they'll say i'm not a curious i'm not a creative person. Um, I can't draw, I can't dance, you know, uh, there's lots of things that we say that we can't do when it comes to creativity. So it's, it's quite interesting when you start to think about it in terms of shifting your perspective on that. So we're going to talk about the fears around being creative today and um, I have a little meditation slash tapping to do around a letter to fear and letting allowing the creativity to flow and the second thing that we want to talk about today is comparison and how when we compare ourselves to other people that is the squasher or the um it just is, it makes creativity die <laughs> when we compare ourselves to other people. And the wonderful uh, Brene Brown, who's done all this one fabulous research on shame and vulnerability and authenticity, and she talks about comparison to other people being about conformity and competition. So, you can imagine that if you're trying to conform and be like other people and fit in, which we kind of talked about last week, if you're trying to fit in and, and conform, then you're not going to be inventive. You're going to be, you know, wearing the same clothes, you know, looking the same way, trying to be the same as other people, which means that you're not going to be creative about that. You're not gonna be in a creative space. You're going to be probably more stressed out, which means that you're going to move in that direction of um, doing what everybody else does rather than 
creating something unique, which is what creativity is all about. And what cre being curious comes underneath that creativity is that, you know, what else could I do? Or, you know, why is this um, color looking like this? Why is that, um, you know, if you're taking photographs, why does the light move in this way? You know, when we're being creative, we are also being curious. So um, I wanted to kind of bring up that, that at the essence of that today. Good morning, Jodie Marie. <laughs> nice to see you. I can actually see comments on my phone today, which is so exciting. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about being like others, it's, it is usually because we're wanting to fit in. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that whole concept of um, getting creative, asking questions. Um, good morning, Christine, how are you? And, and being in that space of curiosity in all areas of your life. So in the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about, you know, getting curious about your job, getting curious about your um, health, getting curious about your relationships. Those are the main things that people um, get curious about and, and need to bring more creativity to. Uh, but today is a bit of a general conversation around the reasons why we don't get creative. So why, why is a very interesting question. I, um, I always find it that there's a lot of fear around asking the question why, because when we, when somebody does something or there's something out there that is not resonating with us for some reason, or it um, triggers us in some way, if we, if we go straight into our little, you know, story that happens in our head, um, that's easy. That's what we've practiced. And that is exactly right, Jodie. That is exactly what I was about to say, that sometimes when you ask the question why, you don't want to know the the answer. <laughs> so, and that is that is really interesting. Partly because we 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 sort of intuit what the answer is, and partly because it could be scary. It could be it could be something that we don't want to know. So, good morning, Kerry. Um, <laughs> so the I wanted to kind of address that that whole. Um, being curious and asking why is part of the creativity process. So it's part of the creativity process in terms of why is that, you know, tree looking like that? Why is the light coming down like that? Um, you know, why um, am I drawn to read this book? Why am I drawn to do this, this uh, project? And those questions are great. Those why questions are great because they help you to kind of dive into what it is that you want to do in terms of creative things. If on the other hand, you are uh, asking why around a relationship or you're asking why around a, um, a behavior that somebody has exhibited, whether it's at work or um, perhaps you're watching something on TV and you're like, 
hmm, why is that person doing that? Um, it's, it's really interesting to explore that. Yeah, that's interesting, Christine. So you, you might never understand why in terms of what the other person's motivations are, particularly if the situation has already passed and perhaps you don't get the opportunity to ask the person. So let's say that somebody um, behaves towards you in a particular way or they say something to you and in the moment, sometimes we can be so shocked by the behavior that we don't actually have the opportunity to be curious. We just shocked, we react, and then and then it's it's happened so fast that we move on. But if you can have the presence of mind to ask, why did you say that? Or why are you doing behaving in that way? It can be a really interesting space of inquiry. And coming from the space of curiosity rather than blame is really interesting, particularly when we talk about relationships. And we'll dive more into that next week when we specifically talk about relationships. But I wanted to just um, make note that usually the reason why we don't ask why, usually the reason why we don't uh, step into that space of curiosity is because we're scared and the fear comes up first and that blocks that that curious um, coming from that curious space so how do we separate oh yes good question Jody so how do you separate the um, what did I say <laughs> Um, I went into the zone for a minute then. So the, um, it, yeah, I've forgotten what I said, Jody. you have to remind me. How do I separate between, write down the, sorry, write down what it is that I said. The, oh, the why from, <laughs> thank you, thank you. So the why from the blame, perfect, that's great. I, um, I love it. So Yes, so if you are in a space of fear, and that, that's what I was gonna say, is if you're in a, coming from a space of fear and you're going into that triggered space where your, your brain is going, oh my God, da, 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 they've said this because, and there's like a story that comes up, that is, that is, the, that is the blame, that, that's where the blame comes in because we're like, they're saying this because of that, you're saying this because of this, blah, 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 blah. There's like a, there's a little record that starts to play and that's how you know you're in that space of blame. In, in terms of curiosity, it, it really comes back to being really centered and knowing how to bring yourself back into a centered space because if you are, not in alignment, if you're not centered, if you go into the conversations with partner, um, work, boss, you know, um, whoever it is that your children, <laughs> whoever it is that you're going in and having that conversation with, if you go into that conversation in an un, 
unbalanced state, then it's going to be tricky for you to stay in a space of curiosity. So the blame usually comes from the story that's in our head and it's much easier to ask the questions and have an open heart and an open mind if you are coming from that space of alignment. So that's where your meditation, your yoga, your exercise, uh, your all of the things that you do for your self-care is really, really important. Because if you are constantly coming from that space of reacting, 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 then you're not gonna be in an aligned space and you can't ask the question of why from a space of alignment. So that's great, Jody. I'm glad that makes sense to you. And, um, and there, is, there is so much, um, you know, a lot of people will talk to you about, or talk to me as, as a coach, they talk to me about, you know, what can I do to stay really balanced and um, be in a space of love, you know? Um, how can I, you know, make sure that I react to my children or my partner or my, my workmates from a space of balance, you know? And in the end, a lot of the things that happen in our lives, it, they ha the things that happen, you know, life is always going to happen. There's always going to be stuff going on. That's how things, that's how, that's how life is. But it's how we react to those things that is the important bit. And the, um, the outcome of something can be very different if we're coming from a space of curiosity as compared to a space of reactivity. And uh, that's probably the best way to say it, I guess. So um, I wanted to read to you some fears <laughs> because when we are looking about looking at creativity, when we're looking at um, being curious, there's a lot of things that come up in terms of um, worries or fears that might stop us from being creative. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in her book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. I love it. She talks about on page 13, she talks about the list, a, a li she got, she's got a list of the many ways in which you might be afraid to live a more creative life. And I'm substituting the word curious and creative in this conversation because I believe that creativity comes from curiosity. And so I will switch them back and forth, you know, being um, curious opens up that, that space of creativity. So she says things like, you're afraid that you have no talent. <laughs> Another book, that's right, exactly, Jodie. Uh, there's so many books, so many books. You're afraid you'll be rejected or criticized, ridiculed or misunderstood, or worst of all, ignored. I remember when I was writing my book, um, 
in 2019 when I put my book out. And just before I put the book out, I was very, you know, finding my soul at sea took about two years to kind of come to, to be birthed, I guess. And I got almost to the point of putting it out there and launching it. And I was having this fear about, I was being very dramatic. I thought that it was either gonna be really successful and then I wouldn't know how to handle that success or it was gonna be completely ignored and, there, and nobody would buy a single copy of the book. And so I was like catastrophizing <laughs> that. And it was so interesting to see that, that neither of those things happened. It was more of a, you know, in the middle somewhere of that, um, that actually happened. But it's so interesting how your fear can come up. And, um, and it actually was more scary for me to be, after all of that work, to be ignored um, than it was to be successful. But there was fear in the success as well. So that's really interesting. Being successful um, can be a scary, something that you find scary as well. So being curious about why you feel that way is um, an interesting inquiry and it'll help you to move through those fears. So you might be afraid there's no market for your creativity and therefore no point in pursuing it, you know? How many people do you hear saying, oh, you know, there's heaps of people who make these things. There's heaps of people who've written books. There's heaps of people who have, you know, drawn paintings. Um, and yes, that's true. There are heaps of people, but there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you who's created that particular type of painting. And there's nobody like you who's written that particular book. And your creativity is unique. So you might be afraid that somebody else already did it better. That's, that's a big one too. You're afraid everybody else has already done it better. <laughs> You're afraid somebody will steal your ideas and so it's safer to keep them hidden forever in the dark. Uh, that's so interesting. Um, one of the examples that um, Elizabeth gives in this book is about how an idea comes into the world or comes into um, our consciousness and how you can either say yes to the idea or you can say no to the idea and then the idea goes to someone else. If you don't take it up, if you don't grab that idea and go, ooh, I'm going to invent that thing that peels you know, onions without making you cry, if you don't take that opportunity up, then the idea goes out, back out into the universe for somebody else to take up. And if they don't take it up and say yes, then somebody else will take it up. And I think it's so funny when people say, oh, that was my idea. And then somebody else, and you see it on TV and someone's made the invention that you had in your head, you know, five years ago, but you didn't say yes to it. So somebody else did. It may have been offered to you. The idea, the way that, that Elizabeth talks about it is that ideas are offered to you by the universe and then if you don't take it up if they don't take if they're not taken up by you then it becomes available to the next person who might 
want to do that. And I think that's amazing. And, I th and she does has a beautiful story in here in the Big Magic book about how she had a whole book planned out and, you know, this beautiful um, concept that was so, so engaging and it really excited her. And, you know, she had it all planned out and then something happened and life took its course and she had, went, ended up having to put the project down for a bit and do something else. And by the time she came back to the idea, it didn't really resonate with her anymore. She was a bit like, nah, you know, I've lost my mojo about this idea. And so she left it. And then she went and met um, this amazing lady at a conference. And she was talking to this lady and the lady was like um, telling her about how she's decided to write a book and she's very excited and she's almost finished this book. And it was really cool because the idea came to her in a flash and you know, she just wrote and wrote and wrote. And, and this woman was sharing with Elizabeth about this book idea and it was pretty much exactly the same as Elizabeth's idea that she had written down, you know, five years before. And this woman um, wrote it better, she said. <laughs> and she was like, the idea wasn't mine. I mean, it was for a moment, but it wasn't mine in the end. It ended up being this other lady's book. And so the, the, the book that was actually eventually written was it was so interesting to to her to her and to me when I was reading it. I was like, "That's amazing," that she was talking about. And then the character does this, and then the character does this, and Elizabeth's like, "That's exactly what my character was gonna do." And so I think that's really awesome to consider that ideas are actually available to everyone, and uh, that you just have to say yes or no, and then the creativity can flow. So. I like it. The next one is you're afraid that you won't be taken seriously. That's a big one. You're afraid your work isn't politically, emotionally or artistically important enough to change anyone's life. And that's so interesting because you don't know what's going to change somebody's life. Your blog post or your picture or your story um, framed in a very specific way about something that you overcame or something that you learnt, you don't know how that could affect somebody else in the world. And if you never share it, if you never put it out there, if you never try to take a photograph, if you never, you know, give writing a go, if you never, you know, paint anything, if you never dance, if you never do singing, if you never speak in public, if you never do anything creative, you'll never know what, who you could have affected and who's, who's, who your story will actually transform and change their life. Um, I think that is a really cool thing to consider, that it's about putting it out there. Uh, you're afraid your dreams might be embarrassing <laughs> or your stories might be embarrassing. Oh my God, I know how that feels when I put out my book. Um, I was so worried about people, you know, go, uh, I was embarrassed by the stories and then I was like, imagine what people are going to say when they read my stories. But they actually, for the almost 100% of the people that have given me feedback have said that they read the stories and they thought that I was brave 
for putting those stories out and that they've had similar experiences and they were scared to, they would have been scared to write them down and they so they got courage from reading my stories which I thought was really cool. You might be afraid that you'll someday look back on your creative endeavors as having been a giant waste of time, effort and money. Um, you're afraid you don't have the right kind of discipline. That's, that's a big one. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of workspace or financial freedom or empty hours in which to focus on invention or explore, exploration. And it's so interesting because we can be afraid of these things, but then the creativity only happens if we put those, if we actually put it into our schedule. We need to schedule, same as we do with our self-care. We need to schedule our self-care so that we balance our life with doing and being. And we need to schedule our creativity and our curiosity into the space as well so we can do and be and explore and be creative. So if you want to have more creativity in your life, it's the same as self-care and taking, taking back that power you need to schedule it in. You need to actually have time where you take photographs or write or um, you know do the things that you are curious about. Book a class, you know, do a project, um, join up with a group. You know, those things need to be scheduled in the same way that you do all your other things in your life. You might be afraid you don't have the right kind of training or degree. How true is that? Like so many people don't do, don't do anything creative, don't do anything in their life because they're worried that they don't have the university degree. And there are so many people out there who are very successful, very creative and very um, you know, influential who have not got a university degree. So yeah, isn't that true, Jody? And it's it's amazing how we can stop ourselves from going out there and being being creative. That's all right, Christine, you can always watch the replay. <laughs> nice to have you here. And then, um, you know, you could be afraid that you're too fat. <laughs> I love that she's written that because I don't know what this has to do with creativity exactly, but experience has taught me that most of us are afraid we're too fat. And so let's put that on the anxiety list for good measure. I love that because how amazing is that? Like to stop yourself from being creative because you're too fat or too skinny or whatever, too something, you know, um, too young, too old. Um, you know, there's lots of things that we, we stop ourselves. You might be afraid of being exposed as a hack or a fool or a narcissist. You might be afraid of what your peers and coworkers will say if you express your personal truth out loud. Isn't that, that's, that's one of the biggest ones, I think for me, is that expressing yourself, your true self, in a creative way or not, whatever, just expressing yourself in, a, in an honest way, you could be scared about that afraid of unleashing your innermost demons, then you really don't want to encounter your innermost demons. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I've met a lot of people who, um, you know, are really worried about 
you know, what if I put my, if I start writing and then the truth comes out, you know, and everybody, everybody knows what they are. Um, you might be afraid your best work is behind you or afraid that you've never had any best work to begin with. Afraid that you've neglected your creativity for so long that you can never get it back. Um, you know, you might have been creative when you were like five, but um, maybe you didn't, um, you know, you think that you can't get it back now because you're an adult. Um, you might be afraid that you're too old, that you're too young, that um, you're afraid because something went well in your life once, so obviously nothing can ever go well again. The old, um, you know, I've already had it. I've already had the goodness in my life. I've already had the creativity. And so that's it now. There's like um, some sort of limit on the amount of creativity that there can be in your life. You might be afraid because nothing has ever gone well in your life. So why bother trying? You're afraid that you're a one hit wonder or you're afraid of being a no hit wonder. So much scary stuff, so much scary stuff. And so what I wanted to do today all of that scariness, I wanted to um, read to you what, what Elizabeth writes to her fear when she starts a project. So you can use this little um, um, letter to fear um, as a little affirmation or a, um, you can tap if you want to, if you'd like to tap on it. Uh, these this will help you to shift into that space of allowing the fear because fear is gonna come up no matter what. No matter how successful you are, you're always gonna have that, that energy of fear coming up in terms of being creative or putting yourself out there. So we might as well welcome fear into our space and go, I know you're there because as soon as we address it, as soon as we address it and be honest and, and actually go, yep, there you are, you know, with any emotion, with any emotion that comes up, fear, anger, you know, sadness, uh, grief, whatever it is that's coming up for you. If you address it and actually say, hey, I see you, I feel you, I know you're there, it dissipates that emotion to the point where you can actually function properly. And that's where the tapping is helpful too. So, Let's do a little uh, affirmation slash creative letter to fear. So if you'd like to close your eyes, you can. If you'd like to tap, you're more than welcome to tap on the um, points of the head and the face and the body. And I'm going to read you this little letter from Elizabeth Gilbert on page 25 of Big Magic. And it goes like this. Hand on your heart, take a deep breath, and you can repeat after me if you want to. Dearest fear, creativity and I are going on a road trip together. I understand that you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important job to do in my life and you take your job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm doing anything interesting, and may I say you are superb at your job. So by all means, keep doing your job if you feel you must. But 
I will also be doing my job on this road trip, which is working hard and staying focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in this vehicle for all of us. So make yourself at home, but understand this, creativity and I are the only ones who will be making any decisions along the way. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family and so I will never exclude you from my activities, but still your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. And then we head off together. Me and creativity and fear side by side by side forever. Advancing once more into the terrifying but marvelous terrain of the unknown outcome. And when you're ready, opening your eyes and coming back into the space. <laughs> I love how she says that fear is not allowed to touch the radio <laughs> and definitely not allowed to drive. I, it, I think that's so awesome. I, what I will do is I will put this, that little letter, the words of that little letter in the comments um, underneath this video so that you can uh, perhaps transcribe it and uh, use it for yourself. Maybe you could write it uh, on a piece of paper and put it on the back of your toilet door and read it every time you go to the loo. <laughs> Fear can come with you, but it cannot drive. I love it. And so, thank you, Jody. I love it too. I think it's so powerful and um, I do love Elizabeth Gilbert and uh, and Brene Brown, and that's uh, that's why I use them uh, in my references lately more so than ever. So have a wonderful day, everybody. This has been Find Your Soul at, um, Show, and I will be talking next week more about curiosity and creativity in terms of relationships, and then we'll talk about health and well-being and career money and uh, life purpose. Lovely to see you all. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.